scores! Gilmore scores! Off the glass, the left corner to Aguila. Again to the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three bounds, another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! Now on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Well, that was a rather eventful weekend, and we've got just a little bit to talk about as we kick off a Monday hour of Flames Talk. It's March 27th from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Pat and Wes from Post Media along with you on this Monday. Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, that was a rather eventful weekend. Hey, we had a, an afternoon 5-3 win over San Jose that I hope we never have to talk about or analyze. I, I hope that we can just... They got the two points and we strike that one from the Ooh. record. Yep, they played it. It was 60 minutes and some stuff happened and that's all we need to say about it. But it got them back within four points of a playoff spot as this final stretch rolls on. Michael Backlund hits his 900th NHL game. He's now Mr. 900. That was very officially. cool. It was really neat and, and good on him. Um... And then as we told you on Friday's show, on Friday's hours, the Flames are going to give Matthew Coronado some time to process the way his season ended. It ended with an 8-1 loss to Ohio State. Give him some time, wait 24, 48 hours, get to work on signing a deal. And Wes, on, on Sunday, the deal ends up getting done. And Matt Coronado is officially a member of the Calgary Flames to cap off a busy weekend. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what we expected the timeline to be. I I don't think anyone expected Harvard to get thumped the way they did by Ohio State, as um, you know, as many will remind you. I guess that is the, you know, that's the danger of a a single game elimination playoff yep. is if you lay an egg, your season ends with a thud. I don't know. It sort of felt like as soon as Matt Coronado's college team was out, it was imminent that he was going to sign with the Calgary Flames. I didn't sense any panic, any stress around the saddle dome. And then, you know, there you have it. 48 hours later, he's sitting in the hockey headquarters at Harvard with a smile on his face and a pen on his hand. And he's on his way to Calgary right now. I think he lands tonight on the ice for morning skate tomorrow. And uh, I guess the Matt Coronado era here at the saddle dome is underway. Well, let's uh, dive in. We will hear from Matt Coronado a little bit later on this hour as we spoke to him on Sunday evening, freshly after signing his deal. And the uh, gentleman who orchestrated it all on the Flames side of things uh, kicked us off this hour on Flames Talk. We say hello to the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Brad Tree Living joins us right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Hello, Tree. How are we doing today? I'm doing good, Pat. How are you? I'm doing well, and and I guess just um, take us through that that I don't know, 48 hours or so after Matt's season comes to an end at Harvard to the Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, making it official that he's going to sign. What was the uh, what was the process like for you and and your group, Brad? Well, um, you know, we've had we've had a lot of dialogue with Matt throughout the whole year. Um, you know, you know, I, I've, I've, I've spoken to Matt, you know, on a regular basis and seen Matt play throughout the year. And really, um, from a, from our development team standpoint, Ray Edwards has really led the charge there. And you know, he may have he may have been at, if not all of Matt's games, 
three quarters of them. So, you know, they're and in quiet moments, you 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 have a little bit of a time to kind of outline where you think things you know can go at the end of the year. But you know, we really wanted Matt to focus on his season, his team. You know, they had a really good team, and uh, it's unfortunate with. Uh, with how it turned out and how it ended for them, but that's you know that's how it goes. Sometimes you got one game, you have a it's 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 you know you picked a bad night to have a tough night and uh, and they're out. So you know we had we had kind of already positioned ourselves um, you know where where we you know and, and let Matt's group know where we were going to be at the end of the year. Um, you know we wanted to give him a little bit of space. Uh, I know everybody gets excited when the season ends, but. You know that's the team he's been with the last two years. He's close to that group. You know they they like I said they they expected to go further than they did. So there's lots of emotion for the next 24 hours. Um, initially, I was going to be out there. I I spoke with Matt's representative and and really Matt's dad. And um, you know the initial thought if things didn't go well, um, they didn't want anybody to think that Matt had one foot out the door at that point. Um, so we connected. You know we connected. Friday after the game with myself and Matt's representative, we had, um, you know, a good talk Saturday. And then, uh, and then I spoke with Matt, his family, mom and dad, and, uh, you know, his representatives on Sunday morning. And, uh, and he, you know, he made his final decision. We were able to, you know, get a contract done and, uh, and now he's on his way here and, 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 and we'll, we'll join the team tomorrow. What's that? Uh, what's that conversation with Matt like on the Sunday morning? What uh, is, is it? Excitement? I'm, I'm just curious as to how that conversation plays out and and what the tone was. Was it all business? Was it a lot of excitement? How would you characterize it? From from Matt's side, yeah, or from our side. Well, well I, I guess both. Well, there's yeah. Well, obviously we're excited about the player. Um, you know, it, with these, with these, Pat, you just you're honest with the player too. It's not all about, um, you know, you're not you're not selling fools gold here. There's a process to go through. Um, you talk about, you know, you really have to talk about the pros and cons of both sides, and um, and you know where where we envision, where we see him. You know, we're we're we're, we're you know, we, we know this business, and we know and watching where the player is. Sometimes, you know, we had a conversation last year at the end of the year. It was important for Matt to go back. We felt it developed. So you, you're, you're constantly having that discussion. You know, on Sunday, I think, you know, we, I've gotten to know Matt's, Matt's parents and Matt's dad quite well. You know, just outlined where we thought things were at, where we saw Matt, uh, how we envisioned not only this spring, but the next, you know, the summer and the fall playing out. Um, you know, just where we see him as a hockey player, the, the again, the, the pros and cons of each situation, um, and answer any questions that they have. I'm sure cer- there's certainly some excitement from Matt's standpoint. There's there's disappointment, right? You're, like I said, you're, right. you're 24 hours after the, you know, your season ends sort of a lot sooner than you thought. Um, you know, so I think he's a little bit on spin cycle. There's lots to digest, but, you know that's why it's important that you have those regular communications with the with 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 their side. So they know, you know, this wasn't a complete surprise that 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 you know we 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 were going to try to contract with Matt at the end of the season. Um, you know, we we walked through it, we answered questions, we're honest in our in our approach um, where we thought where we saw the player, and and then you know you get to work on a contract and and uh, you know that's sort of it. So. 
you know, this this time of year is a busy time of year for these types of players. It's in match shoes, right? There's, there's, you know, they're unique to college players because, you know, their season ends. They're still they're they're all in different categories. Whether they're, you know, seniors, whether they're underclassmen, whether they're, you know they're leaving early, whether they're coming to the team, whether they go to the American League team. So, um, you know there's some decisions that have to be made quickly and you just try to, you, you know, you don't, you don't, you can't rush through them and, and uh, you know, got through yesterday and here we are today. There's, there's kind of the, I'm, I'm curious as to your perspective on this, Brad, the, the kind of perception versus reality side of things, because you know, the, the Coronado camp all along, it said their intention was to sign with the flames, your, um, your line of thinking and everything that you and, and the organization had told us all along is that you believe Coronado is going to sign with the flames. And yet on the outside, there's the apprehension and the consternation that it's not going to happen, that he's going to go back for a junior year that, you know, the, the, the player might leave and you might have a situation that, you know, different teams, including this group have, have faced before. I'm, I'm curious your observations on that. Cause I never got the sense talking to either side, talking to you, talking to the Coronado side that there was ever this was ever in doubt, and yet on the outside, it felt like maybe it was in doubt in in some circles. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't necessarily speak to on the outside, Pat. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I can get, I can understand, and then you know, hey, those people aren't privy to to you know knowledge and the, the communication back and forth. Um, so if there is if there's you know doubt or if there was apprehension on the outside. Uh, first of all, they don't have the knowledge. Second of all, I can see it. You know, listen, we, we, we lived in Adam Fox, you know, um, situation. Other teams have gone through it. So, you know, if you've been kicked in the knee, sometimes you you remember it, right? So I get that part. Um, so I get the apprehension. But if you don't have the knowledge base of saying, okay, we're, you know, and obviously we did a lot of homework on Matt. We like Matt. Um, and, you know, nobody likes to go through those things with the player we mentioned before, any – you know, nobody's got a bigger scab than myself than having gone through those things. You don't want a history to repeat itself. So you either don't, you know, you, you eliminate drafting a player that may fit in that category or you do your homework. And, and, and we did, obviously, with Matt and, and felt very comfortable that everybody was, was, was being truthful. And probably the biggest thing of all this is it, it, it goes to – you know, and, and I've been vocal about it before, and, and, and this probably isn't the platform, but, you know, the rules, the way they're set up, sometimes you have to make, you know, decisions that are not sometimes in the best interest of the player. And, uh, you know, we think Matt's ready to start his pro career, so that's number one. But when you have, you know, the NC2A rules the way they are, and it's a CBA rule, um, in order to protect yourself as a club, sometimes you have to go take the player out long before he's ready to be out just so that you're protecting, you know, your rights within the right. player. And that's not the right thing for the player to all of a sudden, you know, throw him in the deep end when he's not ready for the deep end. And uh, so that's, that's, that's probably a discussion for another day. And, um, but I think I've shared my views with you on those, on that, on that subject before, but, you know, in this, in this particular case, you know, I think if everybody's being honest with each other, um, and you have good lines of communication, and we were, you know, we felt very strongly before we selected Matt in 21. We knew where he was going to school. Uh, we knew the history of, of, of you know, <laughs> players going to that school. <laughs> um, we we made the decision in believing in, 
and had some hard conversations with Matt, real direct conversations with Matt and his people. And, and, and to Matt's credit, he lived up to his end of the bargain too. And he, he said all along, it'd be an honor to be drafted. And, and that was his intention at, at when it was right, when we felt, and he felt that it was right time is in his development to turn pro. Um, and that's what happened. So, so, you know, we're thankful that, uh, and there was never a question in my mind that he wouldn't be, um, yep. you know, he wouldn't be coming here. Brad True Living, Flames General Manager with us. couple more. Um, how important is it? I, I've got Wes Gilbertson across the table from me. I'm looking at him right now, and I, I read his piece from earlier on Monday and, and the point that you made, the importance of, of tempering expectations, whether it be when Matt makes his NHL debut or what to expect if when he does this season. How how important is the, the tempering of expectations and, and not putting the, the weight of a playoff chase or, or whatever the case may be on you know a guy with no professional experience on those shoulders? Well, I think it's really important. And now having said that, it's hard. You it, we know the market we play in. We know the excitement, and, and it's, there should be excitement around the player. I'm glad people are excited, um, but our our job is to protect the player and 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 help them, um, you know, be successful. Put them in the put them in a, in a in the best op situation to be successful. And you know, coming in and, and and putting a whole bunch of weight on his shoulders and expectations on his shoulders. You know, the reason we brought him here is to get, you know, to go through this process. Um, and expedite things, right? He's, he's around just, just being in an NHL locker room. You know, this is a player that hasn't gone to a rookie camp yet. People have to recognize, you know, the NCAA two players are different. He's, you know, Matt's been to, you know, with he gets drafted in 21. He's coming out of COVID. He's been to one development camp. Um, you know, he hasn't been to, you know, he hasn't been to a rookie camp. He yep. hasn't played in an exhibition. Like, so let's just, let's pump the brakes here and let's let the kid breathe a little bit. And, uh, but we, you know, we thought it was excellent. Let's get him here. Let's get him around the team. It's, it, we talked about meaningful hockey. There's no more meaningful hockey than in the middle of a playoff chase. Um, you know, being around the, being around the players, being in practice. You know, obviously hopeful to get him in games, and we'll get him in games at some point here. But let's just let him. Let's just let him breathe. He's a 20 year old player, um, and you know he's two years removed. He's two years removed from the USHL here. Let's just let him. Let's just let him develop here. It's great to be excited, but you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shield him as best we can and let him, you know, take everything in. We think he's got we think he's a terrific talent. He's got a chance to be a real good player. But um, let's just let that process unveil and uh, like yeah, take care of itself and not let's not get, let's not let anybody get ahead of ourselves. Final thought, Brad, and, and as always, appreciate the time. But just when when you start to project out this player, and even looking back to draft day in twenty twenty one, what what excited you then? What continues to excite you about the player that that Matt Coronado projects to be in the organization's eyes? Well, a lot of things, but probably number one, Pat is you know the hardest thing to do in our game is, is shoot it in the net, and uh, and he does that. And, uh, and there's a skill that's required from it. If there's, there's a, he's got that sense to find open ice. He's got that sense to be, you know, to be in the right spots around the net where people get him the puck. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a deadly release. Like, like that, that part of the game is so valuable. It's so important. It's hard to find those guys that, 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 you know, are one shot scores. He is, um, has always been now again, 
back to your earlier question, we, it's going to take some time. We don't expect it to happen right away. So he's got that ability, and then he blends it with a real high-level competitiveness. You know, you can't, you can't, you know our DNA that we like with players, brains and competitiveness, mm-hmm. and he's got both of those. And he's, he's smart, he's competitive, um, you know, and, and, his, and his ability, his offensive ability is, is you know, is excellent. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process with him, but, you know, to me, those attributes are, they're hard to find. And, you know, he was a dominant player. He's drafted in the USHL. He's gone to college hockey. He was one of the best freshmen year last year. Played a lot, but what, what, what doesn't get talked about his numbers this year. Like, he played a lot of center this year. Uh, basically played all center this year, to be honest, uh, due to some injuries. And good that he can play it. I think that probably held his, his, his production back a little bit because, you know, that's not really his, you know, carrying it through the neutral zone, you know, sort of defending down low. His, his bread and butter is finding space in the offensive zone um, with people that get him the puck and he can, you know, he can sort of tie up the business end of it. So um, we're excited to get him and, uh, and, and start this next chapter. So that'll start tomorrow. Appreciate the time as always, Tree. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, good luck to the group down the stretch here. Really appreciate the time as always. Hey. Okay. Thanks, Pat. He's Brad True Living. He's the general manager of the Calgary Flames, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline as the Flames get Matt Coronado signed. It's uh, Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. We're going to hear from Matt in just seconds. Uh, let you hear the conversation we had with him shortly after signing. I know you spoke with Matt on Sunday night. You also spoke with with the GM on Sunday, and that that message of tempering the expectations and let's just that they're really going to go out of their way to to shield the player and and. I think that's for the best. You, you need to make sure that you're you're not pumping the expectations through the roof here. Yeah, I thought what Brad just told us was was fascinating in in the reminder that <clears throat> excuse me, this is a young man who's never played an exhibition game, has never been to fall camp, uh, rookie camp, or training camp at the NHL level, and he's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He he was playing junior A hockey in the USHL two years ago, and so. I think that makes perfect sense. I know everybody wants to see him in the Flaming Sea, in game action. I get the excitement. I'm excited to see him too, but you also risk throwing somebody into the deep end and and them not being ready to swim. And so, you know, I thought it was interesting today. Obviously, Matt Coronado is the hot topic at the Saddledome. And I asked Blake Coleman, well, you've been a guy who turned pro out of college. What's it like? And, he said, well, I had to go grind it out in the American League for a while. And <clears throat> there's no pressure in the American League. There's pressure from your teammates. You don't want to be the guy who makes a mistake, et cetera. But it's different when you're out on the ice in number 39 or, or whatever he's going to wear right away at the Saddle Dome in the middle of a playoff race. Yep. That's that's a type of pressure that most guys don't get thrown into. Yep. And, and so despite the anticipation and we heard Brad say, and he said it to me last night, this is a terrific talent. I think the slow cook approach makes perfect sense. Yep. I agree completely. And even, even listening to him as we're about to right now, I think you get that same idea from him that he's, you know, he's even, there's a little apprehension about making the jump from the NCAA to the NHL. Uh, here's our chat. This was Sunday night, right after uh, signing his deal with the Calgary Flames. Here's our chat with 2021 first round pick Matt Coronado. 
Matt, uh, I know just talking to you uh, a little bit before we got this going, you said the only word that you can use is excited. Just if you can, put into words what uh, what today means to you. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's definitely hard, too. Um, you know, obviously, since you're a little kid, you, you dream of signing the contract and, and doing all this. So um, it's just really exciting. I'm just so grateful for a lot of people helping me get here and, uh, just excited to get out to Calgary. So, if you can, take me through the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours. You play on Friday, and I know your season ends not the way you wanted it to end, and you, you go through your season-ending stuff, and then you're focusing on the next step. So, I, I guess since Friday, can you take us through all of what has happened and what I would imagine has been an absolute whirlwind for you? Yeah, well, like you said, uh, the season didn't end the way we wanted to. Um, we had a, a great group here at Harvard, uh, for sure. So disappointing to have it end that way. And I think I, I definitely took a few days uh, to kind of reflect on that game and, and just reflect on the season um, that we had. And um, it was definitely um, quick turnaround and um, tough to kind of kind of do things so quickly with, with so much emotion. But um, this was just a, an unbelievable opportunity and um, just couldn't be more excited. So, as I understand it, your your first conversation, your first conversation officially after the season ending was Sunday morning with with GM Brad Tree Living. What what is? I know most of this is done by your advisor, but t- tell me what that first conversation with with Brad was like. Yeah, you know he was great um, through this whole process, um, and I'm really grateful for that as well. Um, uh, I have a Feel like I have a great relationship with him, and and it definitely makes this um, like easier, and um, it it just adds to the excitement level for sure. Um, I think it was just good to, to talk to him and and hear what, what he was thinking, and and he kind of got a feel of what I was thinking, and um, I'm just really happy we were able to to do this and uh, get this done. Were you were you leaning any one way or the other? Like once the season comes to an end, as you mentioned, you're obviously really hurt about the year how the year ends, and you also know that this is now one of the next steps for you. Were you leaning any which way once the season came to an end? Did it take some convincing? What was that process like, Matt? Yeah, it's just there's a lot of a lot of emotions with a, a turnaround that's this quick. Obviously, uh, especially with with the way that that our season ended. Um, so I, I wouldn't say, uh, uh, there was too much convincing that, uh, that needed to be done. Like I'm, I'm really excited to, to be part of the organization and, and for this opportunity. Um, so it, it's definitely been a, a crazy few days. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy right now. So it's, it's been great. We're chatting with Matt Coronado, who signs his entry-level contract Sunday with the Calgary Flames, 2020, uh, 2021 first-round pick here on Flames Talk. And Matt, did, I, I wonder if you have 
been able to, I don't know, recognize or understand how excited Flames fans are because, you know, being in a Canadian market and and you being an American guy, I remember one of the first questions you were asked when drafted back in 2021 was, do you intend to sign with the Flames or something like that? But do you do you realize how uh, exciting and, and how fired up Flames fans are that you're coming out after your sophomore season and are making that commitment to the organization? Have you picked up on on any of that at all? Well, I, I've certainly heard about uh, how great Flam- Flames fans are, um, and how much how much the city loves the team, um, which is just amazing and, and really exciting uh, for me to hear for sure. So, um, you know, I'm 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 happy to hear that that there's a lot of excitement. Um, that that's awesome. Like I'm I'm just as excited, so probably more. Um, so it's just been really really fun day. Um, and, and like I said, I, I just can't wait to get out there. Well, and you've been pretty consistent all along that the intention is to sign in Calgary. So was that was that ever in doubt in your mind? No, no. I, I think I, I always intended on, on signing with the Flames, and I, I feel like I uh, made sure that, that I, I told people that, and I think uh, – People in the Flames organization knew that 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 was the way I felt, and um, happy that that the day has come. So, tell me about two years at Harvard, two years at an Ivy League school, and and I know the emotion's still pretty raw after how it ended. But now that you are taking that next step, Matt, how do you look back at your two seasons at Harvard? Yeah, it's it's still uh, a little surreal that 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 it ended that or sorry, not surreal. It's uh, just unfortunate that it ended that way. Um, looking back, I, I met so many great people here. I, I love the staff here. I, I love my teammates. Um, it was just a lot of fun playing, playing with this group here. We had a, a really good team and a lot of great players that played here and a lot of great people as well. So uh, looking back, it was, it was an awesome experience. Um, and I'm grateful to have met and played with so many guys here. How how did you grow as a player in those two years? If you were to look at when you came from the Chicago Steel and, and joined Harvard last season to now how you leave the team, where did you see the biggest growth in your game? Yeah, I think I learned a lot from Coach Donato. Um, I think, you know, it's always important to, to get bigger and stronger. Um, but I think he taught me a lot of the uh, kind of X's and O's of the game. Um, I think working on, on positioning defensively and uh, just being able to, to be stronger and tougher and, and win puck battles and things like that were, were a big focus for me this year. Um, so I, I'm definitely grateful that I, I had the chance to play for Coach Donato and the staff here. They were they were great. We know that offense has always been, been a big part of your game. You scored the 48 goals in your second year with the Steel, and you, you scored 20 this year with Harvard. But how how is your game growing? Because you talk to a lot of people who have watched you and watched you in person, scouts and so on and so forth. They talk about the growth that you've made away from the puck and, and your checking game. How proud are you of the strides you've taken in that regard? Yeah, it's a, it's a very important part of the game. Um, I think... You need to be good in, in, in all aspects of the game. Um, I think you're never you can always you can always improve. So I think uh, for me, I, I just want to be a player that that works hard and, and does whatever it, 
it takes to to help the team win. So for me, if that's uh, becoming better away from the puck and, and forechecking or, or doing anything, I'm I'm going to try to look to improve and, and just do my best and, and work my hardest. What uh, in 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 terms of you've been to some development camps in the summertime. You've worked with NHL coaches in that regard, and and obviously you, you talked about the work that you and Coach Donato have done. But do you have a, a feel as to how your game at this stage of your career might translate to the NHL? You know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, it's tough. It's tough to say um, at this time. I'm just. Really excited uh, to get there and meet the guys and and work my hardest and and just see where it goes. You uh in in terms of just the potential to practice right off the get go with NHL players and and at the NHL pace right in the heat of a playoff race. Just how how big could that opportunity alone be for you? Yeah, I think it's just going to be a great experience. Like I said, I think there's a lot of guys there. Uh, that that I can definitely learn a lot from and there's a lot of guys that you know you watch when when you're a little younger as a kid and and look up to um so it's it's going to be awesome to to meet the guys and and really kind of just pick their brain pretty cool to see you know you've signed and and a bunch of your fellow Harvard teammates you've had a few guys that have also signed their deals kind of a an exciting time for the for the Harvard program despite the way it ended pretty pretty neat couple of days here for the Harvard program hey yeah I think it's it's a credit to the the coaches here for sure and and the job they've done um I'm like I said I'm, I'm grateful to have played with with so many great teammates here and great people but a lot of great players and um, looking forward to, to seeing how, how all my teammates do in their futures. Okay, final thought for you, Matt. We're talking 8.30 p.m. Eastern on a Sunday night for you. What uh, What is the next, I don't know, 24 hours and stuff look like for you? What happens on this Sunday night, the rest of it? What happens Monday, so on and so forth? What are the, the next steps as you make your way west? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to... Uh, Go see a bunch of a bunch of my teammates from here. Um, hang out with them for a little bit tonight, definitely. Um, and then, like I'm I'm flying out to Calgary tomorrow, so super excited to, to get out there and and be there. I'm not sure exactly what time it is yet, but okay. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. So just really looking forward to it. Matt, congratulations. I'm sure it has been an absolute whirlwind, and I know you've got a lot still on the go on this Sunday night, but really appreciate you taking some time with us. Congratulations, and can't wait to see you out here in Calgary in the really near future. Thanks so much for doing this, hey? Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. There's Matt Coronado. Spoke with him on Sunday night just uh, minutes after his signing was made official. You could tell that... uh, he was swimming, and there was a lot going on yeah. for the young man. My my favorite Brad Treliving quote or saying, and there's a lot of them, but my favorite is drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> and that's what Matt Coronado was yep. last night. I had the you know opportunity to chat with him as well, and I can just imagine what it's like to, and only imagine what it's like to scribble your signature on a, a contract that's going to pay you 925000 a year to to be realizing your childhood dream of heading to the NHL. And then, you know, also saying goodbye to 
your buddies at at Harvard, I can I I'm sure whirlwind doesn't even begin to describe yesterday yep. for Matt Coronado. Really good interview, but you could tell the the fire hose is cranked. Yep, absolutely. Uh, good on him for meeting all those obligations too. I just want to hang out in my dorm room, ha- have a couple beers, and then <laughs> get the. But, but he's twenty. I, I mean, uh, yeah. have a couple of diet cokes and then get the yeah. get the hell out of there. Yeah, there you go. Nice save. Exactly. Forgot he's only twenty. Forgot about that. Uh, Matt Coronado and Brad True Living joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time for a Monday edition of your Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, where they appreciate you for trusting them with your vehicle. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary Airport. It's Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media, and now Derek Wills, voice of the Flames, joins us to complete our Monday Roundtable. Gentlemen, uh, the main topic of the hour, we've heard from Brad Living. He joined us. Matt Coronado joined us. It's been a busy hour of the show, so... Might as well keep the topic going, and that is on recently signed Matthew Coronado, the 2021 first-round pick, who we expect to see on the ice Tuesday morning for morning skate ahead of Calgary's game with the Los Angeles Kings. Gents, do we think Matt Coronado gets into a game in the near-near future? Are we anticipating a Matt Coronado NHL debut anytime soon? Well, I don't want to rain on the Matt Coronado parade, but uh, simply, no, I don't. Uh, Especially after hearing what Daryl Sutter had to say today. Uh, It's a tough jump going from being a sophomore in college to an NHL player. Uh, A little bit easier jump for some players, at least, if you're a junior or a senior in college, because you're a little bit older, a little bit more mature mentally and physically, but for a sophomore to do it, when the team that he's joining is fighting for their playoff lives, I just don't see it happening anytime soon, fellas. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think it'll happen until the Flames are either mathematically eliminated or, for all intents and purposes, mathematically eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs because I just don't know how you insert a guy who's never played a professional game into your lineup when every position, every minute, Every second matters, uh, potentially, uh, especially for a team that's played in one more, more one-goal games than any other team in the NHL this season. So I know fans are excited to see him. I'm excited to see him as well, but when the time is right. And I think that there's a lot that Matt can learn uh, joining the team and uh, practicing with the team and taking morning skates with the team. I'm sure you'll spend some time with the coaches watching some video and you know just being around the guys and trying to, to learn what they do both on the ice and off the ice. And, you know, Daryl Sutter brought up Tyler Toffoli today and thinks that that would be a really good guy for Matt Coronado to learn from. And uh, hard to argue with that with the season he's had and the career that he's had. My best guess, and it's probably, ah, yeah, my best guess, 
is that this is a, a similar program to what Jacob Pelche was on when he got called up in January. And everybody remember, Jacob Pelche sat six in a row, and both he and Daryl Sutter have talked since about the importance of getting them around the guys, getting them comfortable in the locker room, getting them acclimated. And Jacob Pelche was a guy who came up knowing the systems. The Calgary Wranglers, and, and we'll chat with head coach Mitch Love in the next hour, the Calgary Wranglers are doing everything the same systems-wise as the Calgary Flames. That's not the case for Harvard. And so I definitely think there's an excitement and, and a uh, there's an eagerness to make sure he gets some game action before he heads home for the summer. And yet I don't think it's going to be imminent. It's going to be the Jacob Pelche plan. Get him around, help him feel comfortable. The one thing I'll say, and, and what we've said over and over and over again about Daryl Sutter is, and I think it it's probably more um, accurate now than ever with the team fighting for a playoff spot, if he thinks you can help him win, he's going to put you in the lineup. And so it's easy today with Matt Coronado, I believe, sitting right now on an airplane on his way to Calgary to say, yeah, we're not going to see him for a while. If Matt Coronado knocks their socks off and practices, yep. if Daryl Sutter walks off the ice thinking, geez, that looks like a guy who can help us, we're going to see him sooner. But I think right now I'd expect it to be a, a wait. And like Derek said, probably after their playoff fate one way or another is sealed. I Guys, I'll be perfectly honest with you. To preface this, I would love to see him in the lineup on Friday. I think that a right shot scoring potential, whether he's 20 or not, I'd love to see them put him in. I think there's reason to put him in, um, and, and I, I would really like to see it even in the, the heat of a playoff race. Wouldn't be the first time a guy has been inserted into the heat of a playoff race, and I'm not comparing him to Kale McCarr. Of course not, but, I mean, Kale McCarr stepped in in the middle of a playoff series and didn't blink an eye. Now, again, I'm not comparing the two because one guy is is a generational player and and might end up being the best defenseman of his generation and generations to come. So I'm not trying to make that comparison. All I'm saying is there have been plenty of guys. I mean, Chris Kreider stepped in right away with the New York Rangers. There's, the, you can do it. It's not out of the question. And I, I would like to see that. I am not anticipating it. Everything that um, everything that we've heard, even listening to Brad Tree Living earlier this hour, guys, I, I don't I don't anticipate this happening until he's got a significant amount of practice under his belt, until he's acclimated to the pace of an NHL practice. Um, and and yeah, my gut says probably not until it's clear which way things are going, clinched or eliminated. And the only way that I could see it is there's a couple of those teams in there that you know, there's an Anaheim and a Chicago on home ice that, you know, you, you expect to win. Those might be the times if there is a push to get them in earlier. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. My my Realistically, I don't think until there's more of a clear picture as to how this season is going to end, that's probably when we see Coronado. And the other thing is, I think is whenever we see him, whether it's Friday, which it won't be, whether it's Tuesday, which it won't be, but whenever we see him, I do think expectations need to be tempered a little bit just in terms of, He's a sophomore. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau was a junior when he came out and played his first game. We're talking about a guy with one year less of college experience. And let's also not forget, I mean, I, I think there's a good player. I really do. But 
Johnny was the best college hockey player on the planet. Coronado's a really good college hockey player, and I just... I think it's important to temper what to expect from him whenever he gets in and how he can help the team. You know, do I think that he's going to put this team over the top? Do I think that he's all of a sudden going to be on the number one power play? I just think it's important to A, temper expectations when he gets in, and B, temper them for what to expect as a guy with zero professional experience. Guys, I would be really surprised to see him before, and I like the way that you put it, Pat, we have a really, really good idea of where this season is going. And when I say that, I mean either A, mathematically eliminated, or something along the lines of 10 points out with five games to go. I just, I can't see it happening before then. I can't see it happening against anybody. I don't care if it's the Ducks or the Blackhawks, because, well, the Ducks have beat you and the Blackhawks have beat you twice. You need to have those games if you're going to stay in the playoff race. And Again, if he was a senior coming to a team that wasn't, yeah, put him in. But he's a sophomore coming to a team that is still fighting for a playoff spot. And as far as the Jacob Pelche comparison, Mm -hmm. we might not have to wait as long, but we might have to wait longer, I would argue, because with Jacob Pelche, A, he was older at 21 when he got called up and played in his first game. And B, Wes, to your point, he had a year and a half playing in the Flames system as a member of the Wranglers and played in preseason games and attended training camp. He was very well-versed with what the Flames wanted him and needed him to do. Matt Coronado's not. And the college game is so much different from the pro game. Not a lot of stopping and starting in college hockey. It's a lot of looping. (laughs) So he's going to have some things to learn. There's no doubt about it. He's a really exciting prospect. I said last week, and I'll say it again today, I think he's the Flames' top prospect. I know that there are people out there that would argue that Dustin Wolf is, but uh, I would have Matt Coronado at the top of my list, especially given the team's needs in the next two to three years. But I just I get the sense we're going to have to wait a little while with him. But again, there's a lot that he can learn. And really, what's a shame is that they can't send him down to the AHL. Because I think that that experience would be so valuable for him, getting to join a really good Calgary Wranglers team. And if he could join them for the playoffs, he might help them get over the hump and win a Calder Cup. Like, I've seen that happen with high-end college players before. So it's a shame it didn't go down that road, but it is what it is. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him whenever that uh, time comes. I don't want to get too deep into the collective bargaining agreement because I don't want to get off my lawn text from Piker. But (laughs) I think it's important to sort of understand the reason Matt Coronado is with the Flames right now. And that's for these top college guys, there is an appeal in the opportunity to burn the first year of your entry-level contract. And so the the reason I bring that up is, is I just think It's important to know this isn't necessarily the Flames announcing, we think he's ready to play in the NHL right now. This is, we want this guy signed. We expect him to be a key piece of our long-term plan at the Saddledome. And this is how you get him here. You sign him, you burn the first year of that entry-level deal. As a result of that, he's not eligible to go to the American Hockey League for the remainder of the season. And so... I don't think it needs to be a big deal if we don't see him in game action for a while. And I think we're all singing from the same book here, but you know, if Matt Coronado watches for a while and if that helps him make the most of what's going to be a really long career, that's perfectly fine. And at the same time, you're not saying to the rest of the guys in the room, Hey, you know, get out of here. We got to put this kid in. If the rest of the Calgary flames 
keep performing the way that they expect them to down the stretch. If this team stays in the playoff fight right up until game 82, if we don't see Matt Coronado, don't worry about it. Yep. We'll see him at development camp. Yeah. And as, as, uh, (laughs) as, as talking to both sides over the last 24, 48 hours, the term that, that has come up a bunch is the rules are the rules. And you wanted him to come out. You had to, he was going to stay in the NHL the rest of the year. Those are the rules. And there, he's either on an ATO where he plays in the American League and doesn't get NHL money, or he's in the NHL, gets the games that he gets, and he gets his prorated 925K, which, you know what, being a college guy and then jumping pro and you're making for two and a half weeks the prorated for 925K, you'll take those four or five figures or whatever it ends up being. That, that bank account boost, yeah, you'll take that all day. So rules are the rules, yeah. and now you, uh, you make the best of it as the Flames, and we'll see when he gets in, but I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll echo the uh, choir book that we're all singing from. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make the harmony. I'll be the third harmony. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, we, we're going to wait a little bit here. And Look at us. We're boys to men. Uh, it, sorry, can it, I just add something quick, Wilsey? You can convince Wilsey? me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I just wanted to say, in my conversations with Matt Coronado, I, I think sometimes we think, oh, this, you know, this kid and his representatives are saying, I'm not coming to Calgary unless I'm playing the last eight regular season games. Nothing about my conversations pre-signing Agreed. or last night with Matt Coronado indicate that he's been promised any playing time or that he's demanding it. He wants to show up. He wants to work his butt off. I think he's hoping to play games, but this isn't a play me or we've got problems. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I can almost guarantee the team would love to send him to the Calgary Wranglers. I, I can almost guarantee it. But again, the rules are the rules. And you, you can't blame Matt Coronado or his representatives for using the leverage they had to yep. get an NHL deal and avoid going to the AHL. I will say this, and I've said this for years, and I don't know how it happens, but I think the NHL has to close that college loophole where players like Adam Fox can basically just say, okay, I'm going to stay at college and then I'm going to pick the team I get to go to. I don't think it's fair. I think if a team invests a draft pick in a player that is a college player, that they should have the same rights to that player that they do to when they draft a junior player. Um, I just don't think it's, it's, it's not fair for some markets. Teams like the Rangers are always going to have an advantage in getting those guys, and I don't think it's right. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one, and we can we can just keep on on on, on that train. Daily Flames Roundtable with Derek, Wes, and Pat. We can save the the second topic on Cadre until Tuesday because it'll still hold up for Tuesday's Roundtable. But yeah, it's and and you know the the interesting part on this one, guys, is that. I know there was a lot of consternation from the outside that he wasn't going to sign, but I, I give the Coronado camp credit and I give the Flames credit in this. There was never any deviation from the message that he's going to sign. Matt Coronado, in every conversation he's had with Wes, me, Eric Francis, or anybody else, he's always said, man, my intention is to sign with the Flames when I think it's time to, to finish my college career. And the representatives for Coronado have always said that the advisor has always said the same thing. And the Flames have always said, yeah, we believe right from the get-go, the minute he was drafted, there was consternation because he was at Harvard. And the Flames were like, no, no, we've done our we've done our homework. We've done our background. We believe that this kid is honest. He's been honest with us the entire time. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that it played out like this. But at the same time, because of that rule you talk about, Derek, and because of the wounds that still exist 
from another Harvard player who may or may not have won a Norris Trophy already. I, I can understand why, or even with Johnny Gaudreau leaving um, and Matthew Kachuk leaving after what they said in May of last year, I get it. But in a vacuum, everything is gone according to script on the Coronado front. Yeah, and there are still some people out there who don't quite understand how the Adam Fox situation all played out. So I've had people ask me even recently, you know, why didn't the Flames sign Adam Fox? Well, the Flames tried to sign Adam Fox. They did everything in their power to sign Adam Fox, but it got to the point where, you know, they came to the realization that he, he, he wasn't told, going he to sign with them. them. He told them yeah, the night like before literally. the Carolina trade, he told them I'm not signing. Yeah, I'm not signing. So the, the Flames, <laughs> again, it was another move by Brad Treleving where he made the best out of a bad situation. Plan A was to sign Adam Fox. Plan A was no longer on the table, so he packaged Adam Fox with Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland and got Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. Two core players for this team ever since that trade happened. So again, a lot like the uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk situations last summer, I think Brad Treleving made the best out of a bad situation when it came to Adam Fox. And hey, they traded his rights to the Hurricanes, and he told them the same thing he told the Flames. I'm not signing here. I want to play for the Rangers. So he just waited it out and got his wish, and now he's won a Norris Trophy. And who knows, with the, the way that team's put together, might win a Stanley Cup this season. But when it comes to Matt Coronado, uh, the Flames obviously did their due diligence before drafting him and you know sat down with him and said, hey, if we're going to use a first-round pick on you, we need... Uh, you know, some assurances here that, that, that you're going to sign with us. So uh, it sounds like they've stayed in constant communication since yep. they picked him in the first round. And uh, he stuck to his word. So I give the kid credit. And uh, again, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, whenever we get a chance. Uh, thank you, Wilsey. We'll uh, do it all over again on Tuesday. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. He is Derek Wills. He's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. And, uh, you know, the Adam Fox forcing his way to the Rangers situation worked out better than the other former Flames drafted defenseman who forced his way to the New York Rangers. What a pull. Tim Erickson, baby. That one didn't work out so well. Adam Fox has worked out. Tim Erickson? I mean, the Flames got a decent return. And Tim Erickson played for 15 different organizations afterwards. And <laughs> I don't think he plays hockey anymore. No, I uh, I don't know what Tim Erickson's up to. Just and and it up right you know now. what? We wrong. It, he's playing in the Swedish league, so he is. Okay. Uh, he actually he's with a Timra the last couple of years in the top Swedish league. It, it's not just Adam Fox. We've seen it elsewhere in the league. I know how much fear there was when Johnny Gaudreau was on oh, yeah. route to a Hobie Baker season that he'd say thanks but no thanks. I think. The Calgary Flames, you get the assurances, but I think the Calgary Flames, to have his name on a contract, to have it on a contract this soon, I don't want to call it a sigh of relief, but it's nice to know that everything you heard checked out. Yep. Matt Coronado is going to be a flame and a flame for a long time. Just a few texts before we wrap the hour. This uh, says, boo earns, guys. They need Matthew. This says he may just be a sophomore, but he's coming to a team that's in desperate need of something to shake things up and light a fire. Quite frankly, I see no downside in putting him in for a handful of different guys. It's a shame it's come to that, but that's the truth. And Kelly writes, guys, why wouldn't you put him in? They need help and young guys to come in and help. Nothing to lose. But I said, would I do it? Probably. Am I expecting them to do it? No, I'm not. And, and that's just the way it is. I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, I... I believe they call this a segue. Have you ever been wrong before? Oh, 
Yes, I have. By the way, uh, that'll do it for the uh, Daily Flames Roundtable West. Derek, Pat, uh, it's brought to you, as always, by our friends at Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, where they appreciate you for trusting them with your vehicle, Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary Airport.